Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is September 11th, 2013. kind of wanted to take a moment in silence for all those lives that were lost at the World Trade Center 12 years ago. All right. On a happier note, we have a great show today. What if you could change your own personal health regime and control or even eliminate some of your health issues? What a thought, huh? Is it possible without using multiple drugs? Well, today I'm proud to announce our very special guest, Susie Cohen. She's been a pharmacist for over 23 years and is known as America's most trusted pharmacist. She's authored numerous best-selling books and has appeared on many national and local television and radio programs. Let's now welcome Susie Cohen. Hello, Susie. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I always like to start my show out with our guests informing our listeners on how you got on the path to being a pharmacist. Well, it was pretty simple for me. I was your classroom nerd (laughs) up through high school. (laughs) I did all the science fair projects and things like that. So Uh I knew I wanted to have an intimate relationship with the body and pathways and medicine and health and get into the healing profession. So, you know, I was studying really to be more of a medical researcher because I kind of like to be a detective of sorts, but then I Mm -hmm. decided to go the pharmacist route so I could have the interaction with customers and with real people instead of just working in a lab with a white coat all day and, you know, and and auger plates and Bunsen burners. I thought people are much more interesting than this. (laughs) So that's kind of how it all happened. Oh, that's, that's good. Now, you've kind of gone into a different approach when it comes to, um, um, you know, In other words, you're different compared to a lot of traditional type pharmacists. How is that? Well, that's that's true. Most pharmacists, we study just medications, and that's the focus. And that really was the focus for me the first five or ten years out of my practice. I was a regular pharmacist working in chain pharmacy. I'd spent years working in hospital pharmacy. I even did nursing home consulting. And as a nursing home consultant, you go into facilities where people are there for rehabilitation or maybe they're there uh, for terminal illness or just all different kinds of reasons. But what I what I noticed over the seven years, and it took me very quick to notice this, is that a lot of people were checking out, checking in, but they weren't doing much better and they weren't checking out on time. And, like, things would go awry for them when they weren't supposed to. They were just there for rehab for three weeks, and then they'd end up with an infection. And six months later, they were out, you know, and feeling worse than when they went in. So it started to dawn on me, like, what's going on? You know, are our medicines protecting us? Are they healing us? Or are they causing side effects that could be detrimental for the for the patient and these residents? So it really was an awakening And then I had a personal experience at home with a loved one that wasn't responding to my beloved conventional medicines. So it was this kind of inner awakening that led me to the path of 
Mother Nature's medicine cabinet? What else do we have? What else is outside the pharmacy? What's on the other side of the counter? And that's a question that most pharmacists do not ask. But that's the difference between me and most conventional pharmacists. I really like to think outside the pill. Mm-hmm. Well, you've written a book called um, Diabetes Without Drugs. Was this out of a result of what was going on in these um, facilities? Yeah, one of the patients at my nursing home, um, she didn't have any arms or legs. And uh, Dottie was her first name. I remember this because I was in my 20s and rather impressionable and uh, very empathetic. And, you know, I would read her chart like I read everybody's chart. You know, these patients were really just charts to the consulting pharmacist. But then, you know, I was a little bit different. I wanted to get to know people, like I said at the outset of this interview. I really wanted to work with people and have that interaction. So I wandered into her room to see, you know, what this um, fully paralyzed person was like and put a face to her chart because I was just supposed Mm -hmm. to sign off on her chart. So this experience really... uh, left a mark with me and I just you know really felt bad I left her room in tears I thought she can't even scratch an itch and this was the result of diabetes that was out of control and here she'd been in the nursing home for years and they had taken off one limb at a time it was just beyond belief to me as a young 20 something I'd never really seen that in any of my internships or anything and working as a regular pharmacist uh, in a chain pharmacy, you don't really see that sort of thing too much either. Mm-hmm. And then I started to walk into other patients' rooms and notice that a lot of them had amputations and some were blind and many had kidney failure and they were, you know, on hospice and they were dying. I was like, wow, this is crazy. So one day, years later, my mom tells me she has diabetes. Well, I conjure up these visuals and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh no, this can't be mm. happening. So she told me secretly she had been on a statin cholesterol drug for about six months prior. She didn't want to tell me that because she knows I'm not fond of statin drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have given her that. But she, she said, you know, this is what I'm taking and this is what the doctors put me on now for my diabetes. Well, the connection there is that statin cholesterol drugs can cause high blood sugar. So she had hyperglycemia as a result of her medication. Basically, she was having a side effect as a result of taking her cholesterol medicine. She did not have, quote, diabetes, like, you know, the real condition, an autoimmune type of Mm -hmm. condition would be. This was a drug reaction. And so long story short, she's off all medicine. She does not have diabetes. She does not have high cholesterol. She does not take any medicine. She's almost 80. She's adorable. You can see her on my Facebook. I have a video up of her now on facebook.com forward slash Susie Cohen RPH. That's where you can like my page, and you can see all kinds of good stuff. But it stuck with me as a young girl, you know, seeing what diabetes complications could look like. So I wrote the book, Diabetes Without Drugs, the five-step plan to restore your full, vibrant health. And what do you recommend that um, diabetics do? Well, I have a five-step plan, but the first step would be to incorporate greens into your diet. I really think living healthy foods are important. A lot of people, uh, most people with diabetes do not get all the servings they need of fresh, vibrant, living foods, things like kale, chard, broccoli, spinach. They're not eating enough. They, you know, they think lettuce on the cheeseburger is their form of greens. Heaven forbid they mm-hmm. think green M&Ms are working for them or, you know, green Fruit Loops. This is not <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, like, you know, real living, fresh, leafy greens. So that's a big deal. And if you can't eat them, juice them, for me, number one on my five-step plan would be to take a green supplement such as Hawaiian spirulina, my favorite. I take that every day. I don't have diabetes. I use it because it helps ramp up my minerals. It's a great source of natural plant-based protein. It makes my hair and nails grow really nicely. So I love that. And that's a way to get your greens in a tablet. You can also buy Hawaiian spirulina as a powder and put a little bit in your smoothies or in your recipes. You can use chlorophyll. 
Um, so greens are number one. And number two on my five-step plan would be vitamin D because it improves insulin sensitivity remarkably, sometimes up to 60% in some people. So the book is important that. for people. It's not just about reducing blood sugar. It's about saving your mm-hmm. precious vision. It's about reducing inflammatory cytokines. It's about increasing life extension uh, pathways in your body that are, you know, anti-aging. I know that's an overused word, but there really is a pathway that we can turn it on and and turn back the clock. And relieve neuropathy, which is often the very first sign that a person with diabetes has. They don't know they have diabetes. They just know that their their fingers and their toes are tingling and or going numb on them. And it's like, what's this? Well, that could be your first sign that you have diabetes. And this, oh. this book is a bestseller. It's available in various different languages. You can read more about it at my website, which is dearpharmacist.com. And there's also a website devoted to it called DiabetesWithoutDrugsBook.com where you can read my book free for 21 days um, and return it if you want. But nobody does. <laughs> no, that's, that's They really well. don't. <laughs> yeah. There's well, a lot of well, five-star reviews on, on Amazon. Oh, and you can see testimonials and things. Well, while we're talking about high insulin levels, which, of course, um, is produced by the pancre- pancreas, correct? Um, it's linked to a lot of other diseases as well. Can you name some others? Sure. It's linked to um, dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, allergies, anything ending in itis. Um, high insulin is very dangerous. It, it's tied to many disorders involved in pregnancy. Um, there's an extended article that I wrote on this very thing, which is archived at my website, dearpharmacist.com. Mm-hmm. So I recommend that everyone listening go read that. It's called Many Diseases Linked to High Insulin and Diabetes. Obviously, we know that, but for people listening, they they may want to check this, and you can go to your doctor. It's a blood test. You'd want to do this preferably when you get your fasting blood glucose done. So everybody's measuring blood sugar, but nobody's measuring serum insulin. And so I'm saying at the same time you get your blood sugar done, get your insulin done, and you want your serum insulin levels to be between 5 and 10. That's the and it's microunits per mil, but between 5 and 10, optimally, I would say less than 5 would be good, but above 25, it's a slam dunk for diabetes and other major disabilities. So when you go into your physician and you ask them to run your your blood labs, does does this tie in with with the, is it called AIC? That's The The hemoglobin A... It's the hemoglobin A1C. They can measure that as well. That's a measurement of your glucose and how it's been over the course of the prior three months. So that's a that's a good thing to have. You you want to get your hemoglobin A1C. But I think the serum insulin is important too. And the reason I say that is because we have an epidemic of people that know they have diabetes, but we also have an unknown epidemic of people that don't know they have diabetes. And I'm here to tell you, mm. if you measure your fasting serum insulin and it is above 25, that is the direction you're you're headed for. You're driving in that lane. And it's silly to me when when people tell me that they don't have diabetes and I can look at them and see they're 75 pounds overweight um, and they have all of the symptoms that are beginning to have kidney compromise. They, they've got a little mild neuropathy, maybe it's showing up as carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, their vision's a little blurry. Things are going on that speak to me about diabetes. Their thyroid is low. But they say, no, I don't have diabetes. And I'm like, how do you know that? And they say their doctor tested them and their fasting blood sugar was 85. Perfect, Right. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. your fasting blood sugar is perfect at 85, but you're the poster child for diabetes, and he forgot to check your serum insulin. And the reason your blood sugar is perfect is because your pancreas is working on overdrive 
spitting out the insulin like crazy. It is going crazy to keep that blood sugar down. So, yeah, if you're just looking at this spot test of blood glucose and it's perfect and you think you don't have diabetes, you're mistaken. I'm saying check the serum insulin because that's going to be through the roof. And that's your clue that you've got diabetes or prediabetes or insulin dysglycemia or whatever they want to call They have all these different names and things. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you get well and that you find out in advance so that you can make the changes. Curing diabetes without drugs is much easier in the beginning stages than it is at the end after you have amputations and, you know, all these other problems and kidney failure Mm -hmm. and all that. You have years. Your fasting insulin could be sky high for 10 years before your fasting blood sugar shows up at 180 and the doctor says, well, today you have diabetes. Really? That happened today? No, I'm telling you, (laughs) that happened a long time ago. And had you been checking your serum insulin, you would have known that. And this is just one of the secrets in my Diabetes Without Drugs book. I got another one that would blow your mind. What, what, What is that? The one about aloxin, it's in white flour products like muffins and croissants and bagels and all that. You know, I'm not an ogre. I'm all about eating well. I'm a, I'm a foodie. But mm-hmm. if you're eating products that have that are based in white flour, like all-purpose flour, this mm-hmm. is the kind of stuff that contains aloxin, which is a toxin, and it's used in science labs in clinical trials to induce diabetes in animals so that they can test diabetic drugs on them. It's called aloxan, A-L-L-O-X-A-N. It's a byproduct of bleaching white flour. So if you're eating white flour-based products that are, I don't care if they're cooked, it doesn't matter. It's, It's a byproduct of bleached white flour. You're getting this aloxan. And if it's inducing diabetes in lab rats, and that is exactly what they use it for, what do you think it's doing to you? You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So this is this is a secret that nobody's talking about, but it's in my no. Diabetes Without Drugs book. Oh, that's oh, that's excellent, excellent information, listeners. I hope that you're taking notes. <laughs> um, let's um, kind of switch gears now and let's talk about your other book called Drug Muggers, which basically you're covering nutrient depletions? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I often have to explain, what is a drug mugger? But it's basically a drug that mugs something from your body. And it doesn't even have to be a drug. That's just the term I trademarked. And it was uh-huh. based upon my husband syncing that up for me. He's really, he's good. He's quirky and he's witty and he's intelligent. And he came up with with the drug mugger term because we were trying to figure out, well, how do you describe how medications rob your body of essential nutrients and, and how how drugs can slowly steal the life out of you if you're not, you know, restoring the nutrients. And he's like, well, drug muggers. So that's how that came to be. But it doesn't have to be about drugs. Coffee is a drug mugger of magnesium and selenium and iron. That's a big one. Um, Wine. You know, everybody's drinking red wine for their heart and all that, which I don't agree with, but whatever. That's a drug mugger of thiamine, which is vitamin B1, which you need Mm -hmm. to think clearly. And even celiac, celiac disease, Crohn's, colitis, IBS, these digestive disorders, they're all a, quote, drug mugger of minerals. Because when you have these digestive disorders, you don't have enough probiotics, you don't have enough flora, you don't have proper amounts of acid or enzymes normally, and so you're not activating your minerals very well. So a disease condition could very well be a, quote, drug mugger of minerals. And so you would want to restore that status. So basically Mm -hmm. what... What I'm saying is that people are walking around with diagnoses for diseases that I don't think they have. I think just like my mom had statin-induced hyperglycemia, not really diabetes, I think there's people that are walking around in maybe chronic pain or um, fibromyalgia maybe, perhaps it may be due to something else, maybe a nutrient depletion, maybe an infection. 
Um, people are walking around with leg cramps. This could be a deficiency of folic acid or iron. People are walking around with depression. It could be a deficiency of magnesium. You can get that deficiency by taking acid blockers or estrogen-containing drugs, and it's really a fascinating topic. It's it's a, a great concept for someone that hasn't been able to quite put their finger on what's going wrong mm-hmm. with them. They just know they're doctor hopping. And this, my book, Drug Muggers, could solve that for you. Because one nutrient deficiency could cause seven different symptoms in the body. Yeah, because that was really going to be my next question. As a patient, you don't have any clue what vitamins or minerals you may be deficient in. Are there specific tests out there that, that you would you would do? Well, I would base it on the medicines that you're taking, and this is all covered in my book. But you could also take tests that will analyze certain nutrients and antioxidants. They don't cover them all, but they do cover some of them. And these tests are available through labs such as SpectraCell or Metametrics. Um, you can run profiles like that. I don't know the cost. I'm not sure if they're covered by insurance. They might be, depending. But the doctor has to sign up for these specialized labs, and they're great labs. Mm -hmm. There's others. Doctor's Data, I think, is another one. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure the names of the the tests off the top of my head because, again, they're only testing a handful. For me, I just know it. It's like a second language to me. If you're on an acid blocker, you are being robbed of probiotics, B-complex, and you'll need a trace mineral. If you're on an estrogen-containing drug, you're going to run out of folic acid, B6, selenium, magnesium, zinc, and iron. If you're on, you know, and it goes on like this. So so my book mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. Um, explain that, all that. You can look at look up your medicine or you can look on page 92 at the punch list where I just group things together. But the most classic drug mugger that everybody knows about is an antibiotic. We all know the antibiotics kill the probiotics. So antibiotics are drug muggers of probiotics. We all get that. Mm -hmm. But it goes from there, Mm -hmm. and there's thousands more. Yeah, I suppose some things could mimic other things, too. It's really difficult. Yeah, you can. Like you mean like a disease state. Well, for example, people on statin mm-hmm. cholesterol drugs could have uh, restless leg syndrome, and so they're going to get diagnosed with that, and they may be put on a medication for that. But really, that's just probably related to the CoQ10 and vitamin D deficiency that's associated with the statin drug. You put back those nutrients, and and that that symptom of muscle spasms and weakness and fatigue and leg cramps, it all goes away usually within a week or two. I mean, it should. I can't speak for everyone, obviously. I'm just trying to be helpful, shine a flashlight for people. But it should go away. You probably don't have restless leg syndrome. But but these are, you know, in my opinion, they're sort of like manufactured disease states. And then we have nice drugs to, to treat them. The drugs may help you. I'm not downing that it it's right. possible they help you but it's temporary until you get to the underlying cause of the problem and replenish the nutrient that's lost basically put back what medication stole it's going to be really tough for you to get well because when you bring in the new drug you've got a whole new set of drug muggers you know what i mean it just mm-hmm. goes on and on you're going to get on the medication merry-go-round and before you know it you've got serious stuff like gallbladder disease arrhythmias you know painful neuropathies and weight gain you're like what's going on you know and you're on 10 different mm-hmm. medicines i'll tell you what's going on you're healthier than you think you're just being mugged by a drug Mhm, mhm. yeah it's it's a shame what statin drugs um tend to do and i really look forward to the day when someone goes to pick up their prescription and they actually have under potential reactions, oh, here, take this to help with that. (laughs) Yeah, I agree totally. I wish my book was in every pharmacy because then the patients would be more comfortable. They could get their medicine from one side of the counter if they need it for whatever pain condition, Mm -hmm. and then they can go to the other side and protect themselves with the nutrient that that drug is stealing. For sure. That would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be a perfect world, wouldn't it? 
Yeah. Well, a lot of well, people have have sleeping issues, um, probably more than we care to know about. Really, I mean, it's I think it's a pretty big thing. Um, how could they get a better night's sleep? Yeah, sleep is um, well, sleep deprivation can happen in as little as seven days. Um, and and I hear, I mean, I miss one day of one night of sleep, and I feel cranky. And mm-hmm. so I really feel bad for people who have sleep issues and insomnia. And I wish there was a magic pill that could help a person, but I really feel that addressing insomnia has to come from knowing what the problem is. So for some people, and I discussed this in an entire chapter in my first book, The 24-Hour Pharmacist, which is available in of several different languages. This is it's on Amazon. Um, so I have a whole chapter devoted to that. But again, I really think insomnia could be tied to a melatonin deficiency for some people. Um, mm-hmm. Melatonin is secreted from your pineal gland in your brain, and this gland is so precious it could be damaged by toothpaste containing fluoride and other exposure fluoride from the tap water. So it's a precious gland. It makes our melatonin, and unfortunately, uh, for some of us, we just don't make enough. Uh, another mm-hmm. reason for insomnia could be an infection related to a herpes type of virus, such as HHV6, for example. Another one, CMV, EBV. These are all herpes types of viruses. Um, I know our listeners may be thinking of the genital sort. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a different Mm -hmm. type of virus. But it can cause insomnia. Um, Severe insomnia can ensue in a person that is infected with Babesia, which is an infection that goes along with Lyme disease that people can get from a tick bite or other Mm -hmm. tick-borne infections. So, I mean, if you have a... What I'm saying is if you have of a BCR-related infection that's causing encephalopathy and night sweats and chills and whatever else that goes with mm. that, um, brain fog, usually a feeling of drunkenness. It doesn't matter how much Ambien you take. You, you can take any kind of chemical brick that you want to, eat herbal supplements, drugs, it doesn't matter. Until you clear that infection, your sleep isn't really going to be solved. So... The short answer to your question is I think melatonin is an option for some people, especially if they have autoimmune Mm -hmm. disorders, but I think antimicrobials might be an answer for other people. Glycine is a amino acid that is very important to quieting the brain. Taurine is another one. GABA, G-A-B-A, another one. Passionflower herb, These are all available at health food stores. Lemon balm is another. There's all different kinds of herbs, even valerian, hops. There's so many. But, you know, it's not going to matter unless you get to the underlying cause of your insomnia and find out what that is. For some people, it's as simple as shutting off the TV and and making better sleep hygiene habits in their bedroom. You know, it's not just Mm -hmm. about what can I take to knock myself out. It's about what's going on in your life and who can you get rid of and (laughs) who do you need to cut connections with that's stressing (laughs) you out and keeping you up till 2 in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's simple and sometimes it's more complex. Yeah. You know, we're we're seeing more and more issues um, these days with either high or or low thyroid, you know, from our thyroid glands. What do you contribute this to? Well, there's so many. I mean, that's solving the problem of of thyroid. It's it's a disaster. We've got an epidemic of people with thyroid disease. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. And Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism is a leading cause of diabetes and this is a hidden thing most people don't know this I mean, let me they're trying to hit rewind right now so let me repeat that if you have low thyroid and that's not been diagnosed for you and it's missed a lot 
that's going to drive diabetes. And you're going to need to fix the thyroid before you address the diabetes issues. But, but yeah, a poor functioning thyroid will lead to poor metabolism, and that's the fastest way to put on weight. So uh, people will notice hair loss and weight gain. The outside outer edges of their eyebrows will often start to thin or disappear. They get cold hands and feet, and this could be a problem. When it becomes an autoimmune condition, that's usually the result of eating or taking in some kind of pollutant. You can eat grains, and and they can attack the thyroid gland. Maybe gluten is an issue for some people. It doesn't always have to be, but that's the first thing I tell people do is go off grains completely, especially gluten, if you have Hashimoto's or any kind of autoimmune disorder. And I've been writing about thyroid for many years Um I mean, this is, I've been in the press for 14 years. There's so many columns on thyroid at my website, which is dearpharmacist.com. But basically, I think it's a combination of things. You could get drug induced hypothyroidism just by taking birth control pills. These things Mm. will smash levels of selenium and zinc and magnesium and some B vitamins, all of which you need to make or activate your thyroid hormone. So here it's very common to see a woman taking a birth control pill or a menopausal medicine, and then six months later to a year, she's on a Synthroid or she's on Armour or something like this. It's like, what happened? This is what happened. Your drug mugged you. (laughs) So if you're taking a drug mugger, it could be causing your low thyroid state. And and that's important. It's not just estrogen-containing drugs. Acid blockers can do it. Corticosteroids taken for asthma and allergies can do it. Certain blood pressure pills can do it. Almost all of them. Water pills can do it. So all of these drugs can can reduce levels of minerals and B vitamins that you need to have a healthy functioning thyroid. If it's not that, it could be related to the gluten or some other protein that is affecting your thyroid gland. For that, I would recommend a test by the lab called Cyrex, C-Y-R-E-X. They have an excellent lab that you can take. Um, I believe it's called Array Number 3. Just remember number three if you go to their lab. And if it's not that, it could be a persistent organic pollutant. For example, uh, some kind of uh, toxic chemical that you got from your dry cleaning. They did a study and they they measured levels of these chemicals from dry cleaning in in people in their homes after they brought their dry cleaning laundry home mm-hmm. and they put it in their closet mm-hmm. and then they measured the levels in the in the people living there and residing there and the levels of toxic chemicals were so higher exponentially higher and these pollutants attack and kill the thyroid they're endocrine disruptors and they were high in people just breathing the dry cleaning chemicals from clothing in their closet my recommendation there would be to not dry clean but if you have to at least air it out somewhere outside or in your garage for a few days before you bring it in but anyway i also i wrote a fabulous column just last week on thyroid gland and how selenium could help a person with hashimotos and graves disease and for people mm-hmm. interested in that just go to my website dearpharmacist.com sign up for my newsletter in the upper right just um click on the tab that says yes i want this and what you're getting is my newsletter and that column will come to you you can also look in my archives it's posted there for all to see well that's good well you've really given us some great information i'd never heard um anything about the dry cleaning i I mean, for myself, I always knew that the chemicals could create some issues, possibly, but um, I didn't know they'd actually done studies where they've uh, found out that they can affect the thyroid. It's very good stuff. (laughs) Thanks. What's your own personal health regime? Um, I do a lot of Zumba and yoga. 
I exercise. I try to get some kind of juice in every day, whether it's green or red. I try to juice or buy a juice if I'm traveling. Um, I take bioastin astaxanthin every day. I take Hawaiian spirulina. Uh, by these are by Nutrex Hawaii. I take Dr. O'Hara's brand of probiotics. I love that. Um, I don't take any medicine. I'm 48 years old, doing mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, for a while, I was taking. Uh, what was the name of that product? Oh, ATP Fuel. I thought I, I like to try things. Every time I write about something in the press, I I try it, which is kind of mm -hmm. funny. I mean, it can actually lead to little minor personal catastrophes. To give you an example <laughs> of this, <laughs> I took some butcher's broom because I was writing about it, and I wanted to know how does this feel, how does this work, and I was writing a column on hemorrhoids and red butcher's broom herb is fabulous. Oh, I'll try that. Well, I should have read a little bit more but because it's a diuretic. So I didn't know this. I was I took it as my experiment to see how I'd feel and what it would do, and I got on the acupuncturist table, and he put in no less than 30 needles into me, and he's like, just relax and breathe, and he put on some ding-ding kind of lovely music, and I was trying to relax, <laughs> and about 10 minutes into it, practically had to jump off his table. I was like, Dave, you got to get every needle out of me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? I said, I have to tinkle so bad. You, don't, you do not know. And he's like, what did you do? And it dawned on me in that moment. Note to self, do not take butcher's broom and then get on somebody's massage or acupuncture table because this stuff is a very potent diuretic. <laughs> was that TMI? <laughs> I hope that wasn't oh. TMI. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, I know. And then I tried something else. Let me see. I can't remember what it was, but it induced a cycle where I wasn't ready for my cycle. And and so I had oh, to change geez. my appointments for waxing and whatnot. But, like, these are the little funny stories that nobody gets to hear, but your listeners are going to get an earful now. But, yeah, because, you know, when I'm writing about something to millions of people, I really want to have that experience. And I really sure. want to see what that's like, you know, so mm -hmm. um, I can talk about it from the heart. Sometimes uh, sometimes I'll take something, you know, for for a few months just to see what that does, mm -hmm. too. And it's not that I have the condition. Let let it be noted. I don't have hemorrhoids. <laughs> I just wanted to try the herb to see, you know, what it what. <laughs> All right. We need to go, go ahead. Ask me a new question, Denise. <laughs> We're done um, with this well, one. Well, just, just to make you feel better, I have a general practitioner who does the same thing. She will not um, prescribe any vitamin or mineral or herb that she hasn't tried herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and treatments, too. You're not alone. Like, I, I'm not, a, and I mean, I'll do treatments too. I'll go get, uh, well, the good ones are like Reiki and massage. I like that one. I'll get IV, mm -hmm. you know, fill me up with the Myers cocktail, which I highly recommend for people. That thing gave me so much energy. But yeah, you know, I've I've also tried it on my husband. He's a guinea pig. He doesn't he doesn't really feel much from that. But people like everyone listening can can actually get what's called a Myers cocktail. And this is not a drink, and it has nothing to do with margaritas. This is an intravenous drip of vitamins that will make you feel um, energetic for some of you, and I highly recommend it for people with chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia mm -hmm. or um, maybe chronic infections like Lyme disease. People could benefit from that. Um, mm -hmm. If you have an allergy problem and chronic allergies, I think a Myers cocktail could be good for that. But you see, I'm trying these things. So, And for my sure. next trick, I'm going to try some IV ozone because medical ozone is all the rage now in my world. I'm loving reading about that, and I've interviewed um, some pretty cool, famous people, and I'm going to put an article together about medical ozone. But apparently that's legal in many states in the country, not all, and it's mm -hmm. used for all kinds of conditions. It helps um, It helps with the immune system. I think that's all I can say about it right now. But it, it may be good for people with immune disorders or compromised immune systems or chronic infections, maybe HIV, hepatitis, 
Lyme, things of this nature. I think that's in you, cancer, in your, you know, things speak, of that nature. And you're, you're, you're speaking about the IV ozone, correct? Yeah, like the medical ozone. I think the correct term, yeah. if we're going to be technically correct, would be major auto hemotherapy, um, MAH, mm-hmm. if people want to Google that. And I've seen that done as bagging. They call it ozone bagging, and they use this on limbs that are uh, potentially gangrenous or go, you know, mm-hmm. so if for diabetes mm-hmm. patients, this could be helpful if you have a foot infection or some kind of ulcer. It's called ozone bagging. It's not legal in every state, um, and I'm not even sure right. I'm using the right word. But I like raising awareness for cool things, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna hook myself mm-hmm. up to another IV. I will let you know how that goes, <laughs> and I'll no, write I, about I it. I know. I personally know someone who who had that. They had a very very bad infection, and um, you know antibiotics just weren't working, but that did. Oh, really? So so you've got a good story to tell there too. Fabulous. Yeah. That's yeah. good. You know, it's the simple some, things. Like it's just providing the body with a little bit more oxygen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, oxygen and light and water, this is what we need. And greens and proteins. You know, I mentioned Hawaiian spirulina before. Spirulina is an algae. This is a really important way to boost immunity. It helps with mm-hmm. energy levels. I think it's great coming into the season, um, you know, where everybody's worried about cough and cold season, and, well, they should be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the vaccinations are all that good. You know, they're they're tested months in advance, so I'm not sure they're going to capture everything um, that's out there. You know, they're not targeted enough. So a way to ramp up your immune system would be just by using something as simple as spirulina. It's just a protein. It provides a fundamental building block of life. And for me, it makes my hair and nails grow, and I love it. I can help with thyroid function. It cleans the blood. It's rich in chlorophyll. Um, it cleans the blood. But, and we were just mm-hmm. kind of talking about that using ozone. That's another way to clean the blood and, and clean That's it right. up. But spirulina is the world's most powerful superfood, and I just think it's a cool thing to take in advance of the season. I think vitamin D could be helpful as well. A prescription drug called low-dose naltrexone or LDN, this is a compounded drug that has been shown to help ramp up immune system it's called LDN, again, for low-dose naltrexone. Um, things like that could be helpful coming into the cough and cold season. And probiotics, oh, my gosh, did I mention that? We have two to three oh, yeah. pounds of gut bacteria. And if you've mm-hmm. got two to three pounds, you better make those guys work for you. So they better be healthy organisms, not infectious pathogens. I didn't quite catch earlier when you said that you were you were juicing and then you said something about bio, you were taking bio what? I didn't catch it. Oh, oh, that, those are two separate things. You asked me what my health regimen was, and I said I was juicing. So I like carrot and celery and kale juice and those right. sorts of things. And then the bio thing was bioastin. Bioastin is a form of astaxanthin that you can buy at any health food store, and it's just astaxanthin, which is a, an algae, another healing uh, algae that we can take, and the cool thing about astaxanthin is it's it's pinkish red, so it's what puts the pink and pink flamingos. They eat the algae and they turn beautiful pink, and then oh. shrimp and crab and lobster. You know how they're red and salmon. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They 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 get that color from natural astaxanthin, not to be confused with synthetic astaxanthin, but natural astaxanthin. Is something that's very healthy and it's important for you. It helps support vision. It supports joint health. It's best known for its ability to help with arthritis and things of that nature. Studies continuously and consistently show how efficacious it is for vision and for skin health. And I take it every day because I exercise and I get a lot of bang for my buck with it. I take the 12 milligram soft gel. And what I mean by bang for my buck is, first of all, it's a protective antioxidant. 
Secondly, it protects my vision, and that's important to me because I'm reading journals and computers all day. It supports mm-hmm. joint health and muscle health, and I'm working out all the time, either hiking, yoga, Zumba, something. I'm always moving. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm a gym junkie. Um, uh-huh. So I don't get a lot of aches and pains, and this is probably the reason why. And also, it's beautiful food for my skin. Studies have recently shown that it protects against UV damage. I live five miles up in Colorado. I'm a little closer to the sun. And I mean one mile up. What did I just say? I live one a mile high city, <laughs> not five mile high city. <laughs> anyway, I live a mile up, so I'm closer to the sun, and I'm always out there because it's just so beautiful. And plus, I do TV and media, so I want something to help me with fine lines and smooth fine lines. And studies studies show that um, the astaxanthin helps with that these are on pubmed and and also something i read one it's, it prevents sagging I'm like love that you know and i'm 28 years old <laughs> yeah. i still do tv so i don't want to start doing injections <laughs> and shots and things of that nature i want to just use what mother nature has to offer for me and one important thing about astaxanthin and i wrote a cool article which is up on huffington post um, five reasons to take astaxanthin is what it's called. You can just put my name in at Huffington Post and this article okay. will pop up. But something cool about it that nobody knows is that it will never go pro-oxidant. There are antioxidants that you can take that if you take a high enough dose of them, it, they backlash on you and they create some oxidative stress mm-hmm. and free radicals mm-hmm. in your body. But with astaxanthin, the studies have shown that it, they won't go pro-oxidant. They'll never backlash on you. And that's kind of cool to me. I really like that. And I should tell you that I like it so much. I called the company. I said, I love your products. What do I do for you? How can I help you? So they put me on their scientific advisory board. So, like, I'm one of their nerds <laughs> now. And I'm very proud of that. I love their company. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, the benef- there's over 200 scientific studies that attests to the power of astaxanthin. And you can buy any brand you want. This is sold at health food stores nationwide and online retailers. Um, But, yeah, I would shoot for some kind of a doses of 6 to 12 milligrams. If you see astaxanthin on the label of your product, and there's hundreds of brands, turn it over, read the label. There's sometimes just a minute amount. And that's because astaxanthin is a high quality algae it's a it's a little bit expensive to make if it's real and it's natural so mm-hmm. you know you may want to you might want to consider what you're spending you're going to get what you pay for what you're looking for is a therapeutic dose which the the clinical trials often use 6 to 12 milligrams sometimes 4 that's okay too anything less than 4 I'm not sure you're going to get very much activity okay yeah mm. no no side effects that you know of? No, no side effects that I know of. Um, triathletes are using this, and, you know, they're using it, I think, for endurance and energy. But it's known as nature's most powerful antioxidant. And, you know, I should tell you, I'm a pharmacist. I'm just giving my opinion. You ask me personally what right. I take, and I'm sharing all my personal stuff. But, you know, everybody listening needs to do what's right for them, and they need to ask their doctor if they can take this or that or whatever. I can't oh, decide. Absolutely. I couldn't possibly, yeah, possibly know what's right for anybody. But I exactly. just know what works for me. Mhm, mhm. So, how can people stay in touch with you? Um, well, how do they stay in touch? Okay, I am all over the internet. So, the best way I think is to go to my website, which is dearpharmacist.com. Just kind of like you're writing me a letter, dearpharmacist.com. Mm-hmm. And in the upper right, there's a box where it says, um, do you want my newsletter or do you want free health tips, something like that. You just enter your email in that little box. That will give you my free newsletter. I never share or spam anyone. I, all they get is the newsletter from me. And it's a wonderful way to stay in touch because you get exclusive coupons sometimes. Sometimes you get um, exclusive articles that I don't post anywhere else. So getting my newsletter is probably the best way. I send it out once a week or maybe every other week, just depending on how busy I am. Another way they can stay in touch with me is through my Facebook. I'm very active on my Facebook, and that is Facebook 
facebook.com forward slash Susie Cohen RPH, and I'll just spell that, S-U-Z-Y-C-O-H-E-N-R-P-H. The RPH is for a registered pharmacist. I don't know why I did that. It complicates things. <laughs> but I worked six years to get that degree. Darn it, it's going on my Facebook. So I also have a Twitter, which I think is just at Susie Cohen. Um, the key part is spelling Susie, S-U-Z-Y. So, so that's another way. And if you want to read the cool reviews, go to Amazon.com and just put my name in there, and you'll get my um, you know, little screenshots of my Diabetes Without Drugs book, the 24-Hour Pharmacist, Drug Muggers, all that. And I even wrote one on pancreatic cancer, and I wrote another one on eczema, and I wrote one on breast cancer protection. So there's the, those three are e-books. And they're also available on Kindle. And you can read the reviews. They're, most of them are pretty good. And the ones that aren't are people that were drunk. <laughs> can I tell you? Somebody's mad. gave me a two-star review because I, I used the word hun or something, you know, in one of my rants. I don't know. Something like that. Probably wasn't even accurate. But I'm like, really? You missed 350 pages of life-saving information and you're upset because I used a word that was cutesy? All right. Fine. Um, <laughs> Stuff like that cracks me up. <laughs> it's, it's been great having you on our show today. we kind of run out of time. So I just wanted to personally thank you for coming on and enlightening, literally enlightening our listeners today. Oh, you're a sweetheart, Denise. I do, you do such beautiful work, and it's been such an honor to be with you. And Thank you for letting me go on and share my stuff with your listeners. It's You're the gift, so thank you for that. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much. All right, listeners, I, I do hope that you'll tune in again next Wednesday. We'll see we'll hear from you and see you then. Bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, I just wanted to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show is based upon the opinions of Denise Messenger and her guests. The information on this show is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it's also not intended as medical advice. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and experiences. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you and goodbye. Okay.